0: Um. So, welcome to Cenophiles, the world's greatest John Cinephile review program, where I botch my ass off. Uh, we are here to discuss the cinematic career of the Doctor of Thugonomics, the sixteen-time world champion, best-selling author, TV show host, and overall sentient mean machine. I can see my my. Audio line moving. That's why I should have checked for first. Himself, John Cena. And today we are joined by none other than Chris, who you may know is the world's biggest Sting fan, a fantastic stand-up comedian, and the brain, heart, and soul of the excellent Tiger Driver 9X platform, which has videos, editorial content, and merch, great merch, all about the world of pro wrestling, which is not always that fun. But hey, we're not talking about pro wrestling today, although we'll probably have to at some point accidentally dive into talking about, because we're talking about a film from the man himself, John Cena.
1: Chris, how are you doing today? Hey, man, you know, happy, happy to be here. Happy to be alive, living in the USA. All right. Mike, Chris,
0: this is the first time you met each other. Mike, have you, can we, can we, you said Maria's there. How is Maria doing today, Mike?
2: Uh, she's doing great for those uh, who aren't watching the video. Marie's my dog that's asleep behind me. Uh, she's been ripping quite a few farts today, so that's making it a little hard to focus. But, you know, much like Peacemaker, I am dedicated to the mission and the cause. I am ready to talk some The Suicide Squad. With you, the first with you time you
1: said Maria was ripping farts, I didn't know you had a bulldog <laughs> there. And I was just really confused. I was like, man, that's the quite the partnership just, you have. Just got my there. wife. Yeah, I hate my wife. I hate my gassy yeah, my, wife. Marie's my, my, my I'm back with <laughs> farts again.
0: My gassy wife. Um, my yeah, it's. Um, but let's go to the main question at hand is, Chris, we can tell by the accessory on your head that you are a man of fine taste who knows about John Felix Anthony Cena. How did you first – How did you first – What is your earliest memory of John Cena?
1: SmackDown 2003, baby. Halloween episode – uh, come through with the pimp started rapping for Stephanie McMahon you know ever since then that boy was freestyling he had B Squared he had Rodney Mac at one point um, met John Cena in 05 when he came to the Toys R Us in Times Square after he got drafted got a picture with him and you know it's just been, it's just been Cena life ever since since the beginning, since day one, we was out here watching prototype videos. I was about to say that's is that the was that the SmackDown where he spanked Stephanie? Was that the that's not the one? Okay, but I've seen that SmackDown episode quite a few times on both the WWE Network and Peacock, and I remember it live. It was a it was an incredible time for young Chris. Uh, It's very influential to me and everything that I'm about.
0: It shows up on the Twitter timeline that one moment a lot. Like I remember, like that was. I was surprised. It was wild. (laughs) It It was a wild time. And that's the thing about Suicide Squad is John Cena does stuff that you would not expect him to do, and I would not expect him to do do that right now, except that we are in a world where who knows what we can expect from that man. Um, But let's jump right into. The Suicide Squad, a 2021 film from James Gunn. Um, Have either of y'all seen the original Suicide Squad? Yeah. Yes. What were your expectations going into this other than I hope it's better?
1: Whoa, 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 whoa. Now let's not, let's listen here. Original Suicide Squad is not a bad film. As a matter of fact, you'll you'll be hard-pressed to find me thinking most movies are bad. I think Will Smith is cool in it. Harley Quinn's cool in it. I like Captain Boomerang a lot. You know, uh, it's been a while. I've only seen it once, uh, so maybe it's not the best movie. But I, just, I remember not hating it. I remember being like, "Yeah, this is pretty tight, actually." I mean, we all just want everything about... to
0: be better than what we saw before. Like, it's not like we're going in there thinking it'll be worse. Sorry. Yeah. I'll say uh... this. I'll
2: <laughs> say this about Suicide Squad twenty sixteen compared to the Su- Suicide Squad. Nobody in the Suicide Squad ever utters the line. We must be some kind of Suicide Squad. That sucks.
1: <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> if I'm being honest with you, when I hear Will Smith saying, "What are we, some kind of Suicide Squad?" I'm like, "This is this is the best movie of all time." Yes, <laughs> there great. are about like
2: four mentions of suicide in this film, but nothing as just overt and on the nose as that yeah. Will Smith
0: line. So I wish James Gunn had had the guts to to do that, but you could have had so many characters actually say that line. Like I, Polka Dot Man could have said that line. Um, uh what we call it? um uh I, I keep forgetting the guy's name but um the big dick energy himself dude um uh rick pete flag? Da- yeah P- yeah pete davidson could have said it like who knows like it's like and yeah rick flag that's a question i had it's like i started out this movie going wait why is he did they actually set that up for like he's not a super villain why is he in here like, did they actually? Because in the original Suicide Squad movie, they actually set that up. But you have this guy here. You're like, why? Are, why is he dealing with all these people? He's not a weirdo. I think he's once again. I think it was the
2: case in both films. But again, I barely remember Suicide Squad 2016. But I think he's kind of like Amanda Waller's lead operative and responsible for wrangling all the all the criminals and putting the squad together. Um, I did want to uh, before we get too deep into the the plot of this film. Did want to give my quick Wikipedia minute. Over I, forgot, here, I forgot. I forgot like, the
0: Wikipedia corner. That's all right.
2: That's all right. As I do on Cenophiles, we got to give the quick Wikipedia minute. Some fun facts. Uh, interesting numbers for the Suicide Squad in terms of performance. So gross as of today, gross 26.5 million in the U.S. and Canada, 6.7 million elsewhere. Total of 33.2 million. You've probably seen some news articles going around that this movie essentially underperformed. Uh, it, it didn't do as well uh, in North America as expected. Um, But it did break some very specific records, such as being the best, uh, the biggest total for an R-rated film during the pandemic, which is a hilarious qualifier. (laughs) Uh, And it did top Birds of Prey's Thursday night opening, but I think it had the lowest overall weekend of a DCEU title. There are some obvious reasons for this. Obviously, COVID is still very much a factor. We've got both the Delta and the Ligma variants to worry about. Uh, and this movie also had a dual Wait, release. The, the the what variant? Uh, I said delta and lambda. Yeah. Oh, I the, uh, the, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the delta and the lambda variants. Um, and of course, like all of Warner Brothers 2021 films, uh, this also came out on HBO Max. So that was, of course, a factor. Plenty of people probably just watched the movie at home. Uh, so not you know still strong box up, still strong performance given the pandemic. Uh, maybe missed a few marks, but. As far as critics go, this movie is killing it. It's sitting at a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes, on the tomato meter. Uh, that's from critics and also an 85% audience score. It's extremely rare that one of these films actually does better <laughs> on the, the critic scale than the than the audience scale. But uh, The Suicide Squad is, is just that damn good. So uh, doing pretty well uh, critically, for sure.
0: I think it's going to be a word of mouth movie, to be honest. Like, I think it's going to... I don't know about theaters, because Delta, but, like, I do think people are going to either watch on HBO Max because it's a movie recommendation, but I got my first big question for whichever we all wants to go first. When was the moment in this movie where you knew that this was um, a different breed, that this was a different kind of, because this is a very odd or surprising movie at some points.
1: Obviously if you're here by now, spoiler alerts. Uh just wanna yeah, make that clear. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah. We're pieces. gonna spoil the f- out of this. Uh probably when that bird dies <laughs> yeah. on camera fully. Uh, because I watch a lot of movies, I uh, write a lot and storytelling, and I was like, you can either kill this bird or you can either have it be an empathetic like you can show he's a different kind of character and not kill the bird or whatever. And I was like, Oh, it's probably gonna they're they're leaning on this a little bit too much, they're probably not gonna kill it. And they straight up in the chest, feathers flying. I'm like, yep, they killed that fucking bird on camera. I was like, all right, no one's safe. Let's go. All right, let's get it. And that's in the opening,
0: like, two minutes of the (laughs) film. James Gunn's best friend, Michael Rooker, shows up to show what can go wrong with too much ball play, and a little bird just had to bite the bullet. And it was just... And nothing nothing wrong with too much ball play. Speaking of biting the bullet, I think the
2: (laughs) the other moment for me, uh, (laughs) the next moment like that for me is probably when Pete Davidson got his face blown off at the beach. Cause like, yeah. we knew this movie was gonna be violent. It's an R-rated James Gunn movie. He was able to do whatever he wanted. But just seeing how visceral and how explicit they were willing to get in a way that's so over the top that it's just hilarious. I was like, okay, let's go. I am I am strapped in.
1: The I'd good you even before that was when Weasel died. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was I, expecting I... this answer. I was expecting this answer. <laughs> yeah, well, the bird was like, oh, shit. I, I went to this a little high. Uh, uh, it started hitting, like, right at the trailers. I think they played the, like, the, the new... Michael Myers movie trailer. And I was like, well, this is awesome. And I was like, okay, hit. (laughs) And so then I'm getting there. And then I'm like, yo, that's a real fucking like weasel. Like, it's, that's a, a full-body CGI weasel. What the hell? And then it falls in the water, and it just starts... And I'm like, this is... It's, it's such a... It felt like it was a five-minute-long scene. And I was like, Jesus Christ, man. This is... Ho- like, this is comedy. This is insane.
0: And they had that line where Pete Davidson yells, Is this thing a dog? And yeah. The whole conversation... And Courtney, yeah, it's like, is it, is, it, is, it, is it a dog? Is it a dog? And it's like... <laughs>
2: It's the whole, the, the whole chopper scene was fantastic. All the yeah. little interactions on the on the helicopter were great.
0: And you're looking yeah. at the helicopter going, who are these people? Like, if you're not, like, a especially knowledgeable, like, comic book fan, you're, like, looking at... I think some people were looking at Mongal going, wait, did Becky Lynch go in this movie and nobody told us? Like, that character seems sort of new for, like, a tertiary comic book character, so to speak. Yeah. And then you have TDK. Who you learn what T D K stands for soon, but like that it's supposed to be Nathan Fillion, and that looks like twenty years younger than Nathan Fillion. I'm like
2: That was honestly one of my one of my favorite just visual gags of the film. When you finally get to see him use his powers, and his arms attached, and all he's doing is just It's
1: very really funny.
2: Yeah. Really just flailing his arms and barely knocking their weapons down and, and not not really doing a whole lot. Um I thought I thought they made really good use of that gimmick.
0: It was yeah that's the great thing about this movie is it knows the comedic value of all of the people's abilities and to have Javelin be a character that pays off in the last like 12 minutes of the movie and when Harley goes oh, I realized why I need that Javelin... like
2: yeah they were it's oh, incredible her. yeah Amanda
0: Waller recruited him for a reason come on yes um but Amanda Waller really is I think they're they really want to use her a lot more in these movies I feel like cuz they didn't overplay her out in this. They let that character yes. have enough time to not, but also she's kind of like peacemaker in a weird way. Cause they're both going to do whatever the hell it takes. And they both seem to have no moral. They will cross the lines yeah. over and over again. Uh, but fun fact, I was looking up as the Pete Davidson character, Blackguard is the character's name, but his real name, Richard Hertz, H E R T Z <laughs> Richard nice. Hertz, And um, that's a, that's refreshing. Yeah. Um, it sounds painful but um you know but i had a question why did michael worker go insane on the beach
1: as he saw everyone get he's he (laughs) saw pete davidson's face like (laughs) god everyone is dying everyone is dying in this brutal disgusting way he's like yeah this is i'm just dipping out okay so i should have said why did nobody
0: else lose their shit is that the question i should be asking
2: (laughs) So yeah, speaking of my, uh, Savant, Michael Rooker's character, I was thinking about it again this morning. Because a, a, I kind of wish he stuck around a bit longer because I kind of wanted yeah. to see what his whole deal was. Especially, aside from being really good with a handball. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, he almost, I feel like in that opening scene, was like the vessel for the audience. Because he's like seeing how batshit insane all this is. And then he's like, all right, I'm out. <laughs> I can't do this. But he also, I, I love for... His death, which of course he was the first person that Amanda Waller pulled the plug on, and as you know, they're, they all have this explosive attached to them in case they defect and do the and don't follow orders. So she blows his head off while he's swimming away, and then you get that amazing title card where it says Warner Brothers Pictures presents In His Blood, yeah, um, which was so beautiful. I love that. It's such a great stylistic touch, and we got that throughout
0: the whole movie.
2: With, yeah, it like, was these awesome. environmental title cards, yeah.
0: But the birds get their revenge on Savant. The bird. 'Cause a bird got killed by someone earlier. A bird just peeps down onto his neck and just starts pecking on his bloody stubs. And it's like that was great. nature that was so remembers.
1: Great. <laughs> oh. It was awesome. Yeah. I, I love those visual gags in the in the, the transition title sequences and all that stuff. It was like it was really cool. I don't remember I don't remember who the big name was in Suicide Squad One who gets chopped pretty early. Oh, I don't remember. Yeah. But it was it was like a same thing where it's like it's like a Game of Thrones type shit where it's like, oh, do you expect this character to be a really big deal? And he's on the promotional advertisements at Times Square. It's Michael Rooker. And then, like, homie dies within the first 10 minutes. So, you know, no one's safe. It doesn't matter how big of a name they are. Doesn't matter who they are. They anybody could get caught. And it was just another. yeah, Slipknot. I don't remember who plays him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he was supposed to look he's supposed to look cool as hell. All all like epic. And everyone's like, oh, this guy's cool. And he just straight up gone. That was the thing is, like, um, Boomerang,
0: I was really surprised about that kill because it just yeah. seemed like they were already writing for him. I mean, I guess they were getting all of his lines that they could out of the way before they killed him. But that mm-hmm. was like, you got a guy here who's just dripping with charisma and also really cool kills. Like, yes, that his yeah the boomerang <laughs> kill was awesome. Uh,
2: well, yeah, I mean, they, they weren't lying. The tagline in this film is don't get attached. Don't get too attached or, or something in that nature, so they made good on that. Uh, but it was kind of funny, because yeah, that whole that whole opening bit on the beach, it was almost a ruse, because it turned out they were the real team, the real Suicide Squad that we'd be following throughout this whole movie is Team Two, who showed up a little bit later, and that, of course, uh, consists of Bloodshot, Idris Elba, really the heart and soul and lead character of this film, our boy John Cena, Peacemaker, the reason we're here, uh, Ratcatcher 2, <laughs> the daughter of the original Ratcatcher, of course, uh, King Shark, who... One of my favorite characters in the yeah. movie. Uh Sylvester Stallone was incredible. Uh, and Polka Dot Man. Not, definitely not what I expected to be the A-Squad of this movie, but I was not mad about it. Absolutely.
1: I, I, I kept... I kept being like oh man I can't wait for these two squads to meet up because I kept forgetting <laughs> that every everyone died I was like I they kept going back to Harley I was like alright man can't wait for oh nope everyone's dead literally everyone but Harley and Rick Flagg is dead from this team which is crazy because they introduced about 12 characters and was like here's everybody and they're all dead and it was just for five people to come, to come up on the shore I thought Flu LeBorg would have had a little bit more time because he yeah. worked they were he worked with Cena before
0: in um Ferdinand. Flew Laborg was one of those German horses that was like prancing and dancing and Oh I, yeah. I expect John Cena gets all of his past collaborators long worlds, but that's just assuming. But um my favorite transition card though is three days earlier. The words on a toilet seat that Idris Elba is cleaning in prison. Oh that was just like Okay, we're going full grimy. We're going as, as greedy as it gets. But then it turns out that Pete Davidson is just a really big dickhead because he just puts more toilet paper on the ground for Idris Elba to clean up, and just like yeah, y- okay, we're making sure these people are not good, likable. Cause that's the thing about this movie. There's mm-hmm. these are supposedly supervillains, but they're we're gonna they're antiheroes more like. Um, but like Pete, then um, Steve Agey. Is like who the fuck is Bloodsport mocking him right to his face, trying to get him to snap? And Steve Agee, by the way, credit to him. That dude really made a small role pretty darn good. Even though we got a kaiju line, it was actually delivered pretty well. Oh for...
2: yeah, we got we got a freaking kaiju up in this shit. Yeah, yeah. The big star at <laughs> the end. Um, yeah, I'm very happy that uh, I think Peacemaker, him and uh, him and Jennifer Holland, I think, are coming back for that, which should be interesting. That's but
0: awesome. uh, are we ever gonna yeah, see a style watch though? Because that was the first point is that Bloodsport and his daughter are arguing over the fact that she tried to steal a watch that you can watch TV on and I want to see this in the world of the Suicide Squad I want to see this gimmick like it's like it's a great moment for the Bloodsport character Idris Elba's character where you're like learning that he, that's the character's name Bloodsport right because I kept thinking mm-hmm. it's one of seven different like combinations like Deadpool like eh. um but yeah, yeah. The, we but had more this, Deadshot now it's Bloodsport yeah it's a great moment for that character to like become like you Define them by saying, Oh, they're a, f- they're a single father, I think the mother is dead, and that's why the daughter's like, Get off her back, she's not here. Um, and then Mary was like, I'm gonna let you die, your child die in prison unless you help me. She went full Michael Jordan and fucked those kids on her on yeah. Cell,
1: yeah, yeah, it was fucking crazy. It was ins- it was good because you could see everyone in her in the room was like, You're not really gonna kill the kid, right? <laughs> she's like. I mean <laughs> yep. for this country, yes, I will. Absolutely. Yep.
2: And shout out to James Gunn for keeping some of the key players from the original Suicide Squad and not starting from scratch because Viola Davis was incredible, obviously. And mm-hmm. of course, uh this you can't have Suicide Squad without Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, so and I, I thought Joel came in was, was good as Rick Flag as well. So I I think he did a really good job keeping the people that really stood out last time around because it paid off. For sure. I, I
1: do wish very badly that Will Smith did not have scheduling conflicts. Uh, but also, I think we wouldn't have gotten Bloodsport if Deadshot was in this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I do think that Deadshot and Bloodsport together next movie would be pretty fucking tight because they have very similar things with their daughters. Both expert marksmen. I could see it coming down to those two in a fight or just back to back killing out a horde of people. That shit would be really tight. Uh, and I just, you know, and then maybe we could get a, what are we, some kind of Suicide Squad too? Yep. <laughs> yes. <you know. laughs> yes, please.
0: With please. The two, if
1: you're listening, please. James Gunn, I know
2: you are. I know you're watching or listening to this podcast right now. <laughs> please bring Dead Deadshot back. Let him in Bloodsport have a, have, uh, be, have awesome. some banter. Speaking of that type of thing, just just to go over, I just want to kind of talk about some scenes that stood out and, and still pretty early on in the film. Once we really get going and, you know, Operation Jotunheim is underway. their way, they're trying to stop this mysterious experiment. Um, one of the first big scenes is this incredible, basically, dick-measuring contest between Peacemaker and Bloodsport, where they're, you know, they're going through the jungle, trying to kill people in increasingly over-the-top creative of ways. Um, and it, there's just so many great visual gags. Uh, Cena doing using the blow darts. Uh, at one point... Bloodsport shoots a fan into someone's junk and it explodes in a, in a really uh, electrical, painful way. It's a lot of fun.
0: Which was a one-upsmanship game from uh, Peacemaker shooting a, a guy who was pantsless walking out <laughs> and his dick flopped up in the air yeah. after he shot. And it's like, oh, you're going to kill a half-naked guy? I'm going to kill a guy and have a fan. Who, who knows what kind of heinous shit happened in that bathtub. But like that was and not... This
2: was- this was also one of the first moments where you you realize, like, John Cena was just fully unchained, able to do whatever the hell he wanted, because on top of just the excessive over-the-top violence, you get those great gags, like, as they're, as they're going back and forth, uh, Bloodsport gives Peacemaker the finger, Peacemaker does that motion, you know, and it's like, here we go, we're getting John Cena cranked to, like, 250, and I love it.
1: But before i was we... so happy to see him on screen <laughs> like when he pops up in the prison i was so i was like man i don't it felt weird man because like it was like the, when i when i saw walking tall for the first time as a kid i was like that's the rock and not even the scorpion king because you know i was too young but i was like walking well, tall i was like that's the rock like that's the guy right there man it felt that way like we've seen cena in movies before but it's like this is a big movie and that was john cena like that was like if i had to take a guess of john cena's real jokey personality him walking out on that prison and just talking about like how he's got like smaller bullets and how he's so decorated and all this shit i was like this is I, I, immediate smile was on my face and it's when he's smiling a little bit when they just introduced yeah. I mean, standing in that doorway just like i'm like that's john cena like no you know what i i can't imagine anyone else doing this role like john cena honestly like just because he in all in all aspects of life i really do fully believe john Cena may or may not be a psychopath there's no, you, there's no way you have that work ethic ability and are that kind and that nice without being a psychopath to some degree. He's like Kanye West level of genius type shit. Like, that, you're a psycho. You have to be. And there's no one that could hold that stance of being a... You, you almost forget that he is a criminal. The way he stands there, you almost forget like he's a The Boys type fucked up hero. And they don't even... The cool thing about this is that they don't even delve into the fact like there's a lot of dark shit about that character that you're going to get into the tv show i'm sure but you can already tell yeah this guy is all kinds of fucked up Yeah, like, it, it's crazy and that gag where amanda waller gives the exact same description yep. that she gives to bloodsport and he's like are, are you fucking kidding me that's the same thing <laughs> you said about me and i was like this is just good i do it better yeah, it's yeah so good, it's but so yeah,
2: good. yeah i yeah, it's, to to Chris's point, I love how they establish him early on. You know, he's he's such a boy scouty character, especially in the beginning. I mean, he is throughout. He's he's basically like, he's a very Homelander type character where he's he's willing to do just the most heinous stuff for what he thinks is right. Yeah. But there's just these little moments like when they're they're getting their initial brief about Operation Jotunheim. He's taking notes and he's like, uh, because they're learning about Project Starfish. He's like, uh, Starfish is slang for a butthole. Any connection? Just like super earnestly. Uh, and then the, the beach full of dicks line, <laughs> which was just just brilliant, brilliant stuff.
0: We can't like we're going to jump back and forth here, but King Shark being introduced, reading a book upside down is the mm-hmm. most Leonardo DiCaprio pointing at the screen energy I've had. About like seeing like my dumbass trying. I've been trying to read more lately, and it doesn't always go that well. I'm a slow reader, and I really I felt like represented in like ah oh, man, King Shark is trying his best, but he's probably not finishing War and Peace anytime soon. Uh, King he Shark. Was,
1: that
0: he was, was yeah. Just yeah so... I was and it was.
1: He was just oh, go ahead, so Chris. good. <laughs> yeah, it was just so like. I would I would kill for just him, his uh, Stallone's King Shark and Vin Diesel's Groot, just to have a conversation, to be honest with you. Uh, I, something about these action heroes just playing these very low effort, but also just incredible, like no one else could do that but you, once again, like it was just <laughs> genius casting.
2: He was he was Groot with a slightly bigger vocabulary, and it was, it was yeah. so perfect. I think my favorite King Shark scene, I was literally re-watching this morning, just laughing hysterically at home, when they're making their plan to get to Johanheim he's talking about the disguise, <laughs> and he's walking around pretending, you know, using his his fin or you know his finger, his fin as a mustache. And they're like, "We all know it's you." And if it, if you didn't look like you, we'd kill you. And then he
1: just goes, "Fuck!" fuck. And, just like,
2: and the fact that it's Sylvester Stallone doing all that just makes it all all the all that way better. <laughs>
1: yes, it's so dope.
0: How amazing is it? The King Shark is becoming the best cast. Like. Range of castings character ever. Ron mm-hmm. Funches, Samoa Joe, and Sylvester Stallone will all play the same crazy.
1: character. <laughs> I want a table f- of three for all of them so bad. Just them talking about everything because that's a yes. that's just as three people I love so much, and it's an incredible. It's just an incredible character. Like, and I'm happy that he's getting his due for 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 the last year. It's kind of crazy, and they're all very different versions of King Shark too, uh, which is just. It's fucking amazing. I just thought that they call him Nanawe. Yeah. Like, Nanawe yeah. is such
0: a great name. For, uh, it's um, But then we meet Ratcatcher 2. But mm-hmm. uh, Cena asks, uh, BR25, welcome, my fellow Basker. Um, we meet Ratcatcher 2, and uh, Peacemaker is like, we, we couldn't afford Ratcatcher number 1. But it turns out Ratcatcher number 1 is her father, and he's dead. So you can't really... So the, the team doesn't have that
1: much of a budget really. Um, I assumed that Ratcatcher 1 was like a hero and he died and then she just was Ratcatcher 2. That just means that she became a villain and then was like no my name is Ratcatcher 2. She, cuz she already knew <laughs> like cuz they were overseas. They were they were nowhere like I was like oh this is kind of weird. I thought you maybe you were just She just loves her dad, man. And the na- just the name itself is hilarious. I actually uh
2: I was reading that this, you know, Ratcatcher 2 was made just for the film. Obviously, Ratcatcher, OG Ratcatcher existed in DC Comics. But there's no character, no one ever, you know, usually in, in comics, multiple people just take on the mantle. There are multiple yeah. Batman, multiple, you know, etc. So even just the name Ratcatcher 2 cracks me up because no one calls themselves that ever. and it, it just, it worked really well in this movie.
0: And that line from, uh, I keep saying Cena, that line from Peacemaker Millennials, because Ratcatcher 2 does not give a fuck about getting out of bed, which
1: yeah I, most John Cena <laughs> line ever it just having it's like it's so weird where it's like there are some parts where I'm like I'm like this is amazing acting, but it's also horrible, but it's horrible because that's the kind of character like it's weird like like the way he says millennials, I'm like, all right, but I'm also like absolutely, Yeah, it's like it's just it's just John Cena it's John Cena, it's a perfect role for him man. He never
0: met a fourth wall he didn't want to destroy. Like, that man Actually, doesn't understand, yeah. like... It's funny, because kayfabe is the ultimate fourth wall, but let's we'll move on. Um, <laughs> Sebastian is probably one of the most underrated characters in this whole movie. Ratcatcher mm. number two is little buddy. And um, we, tr- we learn here that Idris Elba's uh, uh, bloodsport does not care for rats. And um, <laughs> if you didn't relate to him before, now you're just like, yeah, no, why would anybody be okay... But yeah, And James Gunn
2: is so good at crafting these little CGI animal characters that, that absolutely tug at our heartstrings and, and make us fall in love with them, even if it's a literal rat. And uh, I was and afraid
1: it, he was going to die the entire movie. I was, oh I was God. expecting that boy to get squished. I was so like, I, I did not I did not want to get attached to this rat. I was <laughs> listening to the tagline of the movie. I just kept saying, it's going to die. It's going to die. It, you're
0: right. I didn't even think
1: of that. I'm glad I was
0: able to, because that, that would have been something that would worry me throughout like, Remember Fast and Furious 7, when you're just, like, wondering when or how they're going to deal with Paul Walker? Like, the entire movie, there's that tension there. I would have had yeah. that with Sebastian the entire time. Um, he, just, he just kept showing up. I was like, this this rat's going to die, man. I don't want you to die. I love you. You're so tiny. I kept thinking that about Polka Dot Man, actually, who's the next character we meet. Um, yes. Who DC Comics super fans realized was mocked by Calendar Man in the introduction of the Polka Dot Man character. And... Um, they
1: were not happy.
0: Yeah, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they were like, "How dare you ruin the sanctity of Calendar Man?" Ah, he's such he's, he's 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 such a he's a he's a genius. And 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 it was like, "Well, what do he do?" Well, he said, "Fuck." And I'm like, "Shut up, leave it alone, <laughs> bro." Like Calendar Man is dope. Calendar Man is cool. He's a fucking psychopath, next level genius. But also, if he's in a prison cell making fun of a nigga with polka dots, it's not a problem. Like, <laughs> let that boy, let him rock. <laughs> and it was like, yeah. he only had. <laughs> I didn't even notice it was him until I got back home Yeah, because he just had January, February, March on his head and I <laughs> didn't realize what it was because I didn't have my glasses on I was like, oh, what is it? okay cool
2: I, I just want to say that, yeah shout out to David Dasmalchian I don't, even, I don't even know if I'm saying his name right but that was definitely a, a huge surprise and definitely like a show-stealing performance I was not expecting that character to be one of like yeah. the central five heroes uh, he was so funny, he was like one of the the probably the most timid earnest character in the crew and just all of his the bit of needing to visualize all of the enemies <laughs> as his mother
1: just paid off in so many great ways my my theater did not appreciate that enough and it hurt <laughs> that's like, sad it, like the first time he's like uh and your mother, she, she's everywhere, and it just cuts to the whole team being his mom. I was like, that's visually insane. It's also really funny, and everyone was kind of like was just weirded out by it. And I'm like, man, this is uh, hilarious. It was, it was
2: incredible. And they paid it off so well at the end. Yep, where yes. just, where, where Starro is his mother, and just the giant kaiju version of it. So good.
0: You never, you always forget. You always remember when a theater disappoints you and lets you down. Um, I think when I saw the uh, some movie theaters, it was after I saw um, F nine the first time, and they played a trailer for Old in front of a different movie, and the crowd didn't laugh at the old trailer. Now, if you're not gonna laugh at M Night Shyamalan's old trailer, like why are you in a theater? That's to not begin who with? I want to watch a movie with. Yeah. No, no. Um, but this is where we learn they're going to infiltrate Jotunheim, which is also the name of where Loki's from. So um, most ambitious crossover ever, I guess. Um, yeah. And this is where um they said is starfish code for butthole and when that happened uh when i was watching that this morning i felt really sad about uh next week but let's move on we're still living our good lives um
1: yeah that is the first thing i thought about when he said uh, starfish i thought about limb biscuit and also shout out to starro for having i mean i guess it was already going to be there but he when he turns around on his back as starfishes do have this but his it looked more like a butthole than I've ever seen the back of a starfish look like. And I have to believe it's intentional. Oh yeah. They John lean... Cena shouted it out himself. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, they lean uh, into yeah. that completely. And sorry, Mike.
2: No, I was just going to kind of just make a big picture comment. Now that we're talking about the Jotunheim stuff, this is where like probably my, one of my few criticisms with the film is that just at least on first viewing, the plot seems all over the place because we've got Jotunheim and, We've got, I forget the name of the actual country or, or, or village that they're you know in, but there's kind of the political part of the story with the, with the president and this new dictator. Uh, then of course you've got Harley kind of, she ends up having her own kind of side quest. Um, but I do think in the end it all came together well, but yeah, I did before we, uh, before we talk about the man of the hour and, and, and d- dive deeper into Peacemaker, I did want to give a sh- shout out to Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. But we knew she would be incredible. But I love that I kind of loved that she got her own such a her own dedicated part of the movie, Um, and yeah, everything from just that beautiful escape scene to her shooting everybody up to just the happiest music. and her interaction with the dictator president guy. I forget his name.
0: It was all just so brilliantly done. It was Corto Maltese. Is the, Corto um, Maltese, yes. Because if you remember, there's that moment where she's trying to figure out what to call people from cult- Corto Maltese in, when she's in the pit. And she's just, like, mm. rattling off all the different variations you could do. And, yeah, no, um, the only thing I, I loved, the stuff with Harley Quinn. The one thing I was just, like, they he uh, the dictator claimed, though, we love you. Harley Quinn is, like, the emblem of everything, right, about fighting against... American Power, I'm like, you know her so well, great, we're gonna have some jokes from the Birds of Prey And, like, mm-hmm. they have a banquet for her, with no breakfast sandwiches. I'm like, did nobody yeah. see Birds of Prey? But that's just... The some... only real... Yeah, I'm not only really only holding that real... against the movie, though. I just was like, I want that little bit of a... It'd be, it would have been a nice Easter egg. All we really get, I mean, we get the vaguest
2: mention of Joker, you know, when she kills what's-his-face, and she's like, you know, after my last relationship, <laughs> I realize uh, <laughs> she probably walk away when there's some red flags, and It was good character development for him. him
0: Yeah. Um, But then we learn that they have to track down the thinker, who I think is a character I really wanted more of in this movie, um, because he sort of is Zach Gibson from AXD UK, but even weirder. Um, But like, dude is in a um, yeah uh, of Doctor Who fame. He was at a gentleman's club called La Gatita Amable, which translates to the kind little cat, but um, you know that's not what they're talking about um never know man um a question so where's an age difference in the hosting on this podcast chris you've always been shocked and appalled how old i am but um when they're talking about the plan they um rat catcher number two asks what that thing is and it's an overhead projector had you seen an overhead projector before this movie
1: of of course i've seen an overhead projector okay Okay. i just
0: want i just don't know (laughs)
1: guys (laughs) guys yes Okay. okay And then, like, oh yeah, you know what a VCR is? Uh, Yes, I have VHS tapes. (laughs) You're
2: not that young.
1: Yeah,
0: but then we get to this beach, and like, Bloodsport has all the coolest guns that I thought would be like normal superhero sci-fi guns as a kid. That was the part of the movie that like hit my little kid brain up here, going Mm -hmm. spinning and shit. Yeah,
2: yep, that was super fun.
1: Yeah, I'm really upset because. When Amanda Waller was like, yeah, he put Superman in the ICU, I'm like, I want to see that. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to see... I think the one thing this movie made me sad about is how disjointed the DCEU is. Because when you're, like, talking about The Thinker, we'll probably never see that character again. I'll probably never see him put Superman in the ICU. We'll probably never see a lot of these characters again. Meanwhile, if this was an MCU movie, we would have had a Ratcatcher 2 short film, something like that. Like Disney I Plus wish... series. Yeah, <laughs> like, I wish this was... I always wish DCEU was put together. Because... It's just like I used to really love the CW shows, and they used they have um. Uh, the, the Arrowverse, uh, yeah, the Arrowverse, but it's like the uh, the show that's all of them together. Legends like of Tomorrow, yeah, Legends of Tomorrow, like Captain Cold, guys like that. They are made for Suicide Squad. It'd be so tight to see them in here and all these people together, but they just. It's just so messy. I want to see, I want to see him putting Superman in the ICU. I want to see all this stuff. Like Legends is cool. I've seen Legends. It's it, it's an insane show. It 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 would fit perfectly in this movie. And it all this all I thought about was like, damn, I wish DCU was more put together.
0: I feel like they have a chance to retcon everything after the Flash movie. Like if after that's done, they could do what they want. Like yeah, y- yeah. So. But
1: also, I feel like they don't. Marvel's like, Marvel makes people sign, like, five movie contracts. DC is like, we'll get you if we can. And so that's the that's the only reason Marvel can do that. There's no way in the next two years they're going to be able to get Idris Elba. That man's on top of the world. Same thing with John Cena. That's why they had to link him in for the Peacemaker show, because they're like, after this, you're probably going to take off. So Yeah, it's, I, I'm excited to see what the hell Cena
0: does next after this, because, like, the s- steepness of the movies he's been in because we've seen some of the worst, bad, fun, bad movies. We've like, um, there's a movie called The Reunion with uh Ethan Embry and Amy Smart. Amy Smart has like three minutes in the movie, but like from that to this is like the weirdest trajectory of a career. But um, it's a way, we- I
1: mean, but this, the- this is much like it's a very rock trajectory, yep, where like i remember rock was like scorpion king walking tall and then cena was kind of like oh 12 rounds and then whatever happened after that marine and then keep going up exponentially curved and then there's just this one point and i don't remember where it was for the rock it was sometime after the game plan where it's just like yeah you're here now it's just immediate the mm-hmm. guy and i think we're at that point it just took this one big role a skyscraper might have been that whatever what was, was that the rock i think it was a little bit before that yeah. I don't it was I don't remember what it was, but it was like, Yeah, you're the guy now. And mm-hmm. John Cena's hitting that part too. Could Cena had playing
0: with fire and then Rock had Tooth Fairy. That was their both like their family. They're all gonna have yeah, listen, once you're yeah. making that many movies, they're not all gonna be hits. Yeah. But I think that's I think that's a perfect
2: segue. I did just wanna talk about Peacemaker in general, because I, I do think um, not to not to skip right to our, our rating, but I would say this might be his best performance, or this was probably my favorite John Cena film character to date. Uh, I thought he had, you know, he was hilarious in that overly earnest John Cena way, but then he also becomes genuinely menacing by the end, which I wasn't expecting at all. I didn't even, I, w- I didn't know that he was going to end up having kind of a, a villainous, and antagonistic role by the end. Yeah. And he was way, way more intimidating uh, than he ever was in Fast Nine, in my opinion. Oh, when yeah. He was the main, when he was the main villain. So I thought he, uh, I don't know, I thought he put on a great performance. Uh, shout out to his costume people, because everything from him in Tidy whities to him wearing that overly tight polo shirt at the club where he was basically a crop top. The blue uh, shorts. Just, just looking at him was hilarious. Me and Henry were embarrassingly embarrassingly loud during the underwear scene because it was just the
0: greatest visual gag. I,
1: um, I, I need to know if it's a prosthetic or not. I gotta <laughs> yeah. know. It was, well, yeah. it was insane. There was a lot in there.
0: Let's yeah. quote Joel Kinnaman here. Um Joel Kinnaman interviewed for Men's Health um, (laughs) when asked about how he got into shape. He lamented that it was pointless to try to bulk up for a shirtless scene in the movie with John Cena because, quote, because John Cena takes his shirt off two pages later in the script. So all that effort I just put in, just absolutely gone to waste. And then also, he's running around in tidy ways with one of the big... (laughs) With one of the biggest penises that's ever been shown on screen, it looks like he has a baby in his tidy whites. He just gave birth to little, he just gave birth to little John, and he's running around with little John in his tidy whites two minutes after I take my shirt off. So what was the point? There was no point, point. and like, you feel for Joel Kinnaman, like. So it was always so real. That sounds like confirmation. I,
1: I think so. But also, it's been like, it's really funny if the Peacemaker is just full flogging it. And so I don't know. I gotta know. I need the confirmation from John himself. I hope he goes on a late night talk show. Somebody's got to ask him. But it would explain why he's wearing jean shorts his entire career.
0: I think Cena's going to do a Jesus and Mero interview at some point because he did an interview with them on Viceland. I think he... I'm pretty sure he was on their show there. So He'll... he'll they're going to ask him about
1: that. I, I would hope right. and expect that at this point. Well, John, how about you come on the show? How about you come on this show right here, John? Answer all the tough questions. You know, um, Vacation
0: Friends, uh, The Peacemaker, there will be ample opportunities in the future, Vacation John. Friends,
2: another film in which John Cena wears very little because he's on the beach in bathing suits. I'm sure that's going to be uh, also going to be a lot of floppage going well, on I guess there. we're
1: going to have to compare and contrast. Yes, that's uh, the
2: only way to, to solve this solve this conundrum. I've
0: got some good split screen graphics I can use for this. It'll be useful. Um, <laughs> you know, um but then right now we're at the beach if I'm correct. If like to pull, also yes Mike, I agree with you. This might be my favorite. Uh we sort of penalized some movies for having lesser less amounts of Cena than previous, but like mm-hmm. this was so good. Every spoonful of Cena went a long way. They everything like they made it stretch. Yes. Like they made it work and I Honestly, this is so funny and so weird, and like the Tidy Whitey's line when he said, "Now that's just racist," after them being called Tidy Whitey.
2: That <laughs> sounded improvised; like it was just the most off-the-cuff, random thing, and it was, it was hysterical.
0: I don't oh, see man. James Gunn as writing that in.
1: Yeah,
2: it, I mean, no, it's 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 felt right. It felt, you know, that that was a very James like Gunn John
1: thing. Cena. It's just, I don't know, man. I don't know if James Gunn's been watching WB television for the last 15 years or what, but this man <laughs> knew John <laughs> Cena, knew every beat he could hit, knew the perfect thing. It was, a, it was literal perfect casting, man. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's also just like, it, everything is
0: so good casting because, like, everything about King Shark Nanawe is an amazing person for Cena to play off of. It's an mm-hmm. amazing, like, that's. What You could think of, like, your biggest, like, freak monster wrestler in WWE that Cena's had to, like, do promos against, where that guy can't talk that much. That's sort of similar with what is doing, where Nanawe will just yell, hungry. And, yes. yeah, re- I relate. Or, num-num. Yes, I relate. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's... And then, what was... what? How did Cena react to seeing Polka Dot Man's rash the first time? Did, did he, like, did he... He, oh, yell, wow. he yelled, like, Norman Bates or some... Sh- like he did call him Norman Bates, yeah, because of the mom stuff. That polka dot yeah. man's rash is more unsettling than I expected it to be. It's an interdimensional virus, Henry. Yeah, it's not a rash. Yes, but I, I want, yeah, okay. Um, but I thought that was like really well special affected. Yeah.
2: I do want yeah. to. Uh, I, I I did want to jump to kind of the the near final act because I think that really encapsulates where Peacemaker really stood out in this film. So just to like. Just to briefly recap, eventually we get we get to Jotunheim. Um, they find out the truth about Project Starfish, that the US government was involved in, all along in helping research this really dangerous starfish creature that could take over people and, and do all kinds of bad things. They get the drive with all that information on it. And of course, Peacemaker being the Boy Scout he is, he actually had his own secret mission from Amanda Waller. Don't let that thing get out. And then that leads, that's basically the heel turn of the film um and that's where you get a really great fight scene with a uh, peacemaker and rick flag where a lot of it you see it on the reflection of peacemaker's helmet which was such a cool
1: directorial thing it was which- so cool yeah it was awesome i was kind of i felt like it kind of went on long but i was like i also liked that it went on long i was like this is a really cool th- it's like something that you'd see in like a video game cutscene. i was it was really unique and a really cool way to show that
0: and they just give you a lot awesome. of Sina's, uh, Peacemaker's reactions to stuff. Like, in that whole scene, in that long fight, I think it's why it's so long, is that his character kind of changes a little bit. And his amount of... They had a slight given moment of remorse. So he don't, you're not trying to completely erase his humanity. They, when he yeah. kills him, that, ugh, that stab in the neck with the glasses. Because it's like, okay, you're super villains. You're going to knock each other out. Nobody, You're not yeah. trying to actually kill each other. Oh, you are... Um, oh, yeah. like when he does that, this moment, this look in Cena's eyes is just so, oh, he has that versatility too. He can have remorse over murder. That was like, yeah, no, I want John and everything now. Like, it's, and then,
2: yeah. And then right after, you know, uh, Ratcatcher 2 grabs the drive and then he's about to shoot her and it's the same kind of conflict where he's, he's starting to become really menacing and intimidating. But you could tell it's not that he necessarily wants to kill Ratcatcher. he literally says because i'm thorough like he's, he's like i just have to do it because it's my job um and then we get the great <laughs> there's a lot of like parallel and backward storytelling because you get the eight minutes later the meanwhile and then when it all culminates we get the great callback to the bullet thing with um bloodsport and peacemaker and it turns out bloodsport had the smaller bullet the whole time yeah, that, was, that was fucking it, awesome it was sick
1: I, if I want to go go back a little bit, when he kills Rick Flagg, I I do appreciate that it shows the dagger going into his heart. Like it goes to CGI. Cause James Guy's like, listen, he's not coming back. He is dead. I know what you guys <laughs> think. Know he is officially dead. Please, he is a dead person. Because when later on, when King Shark, like, you know, when he that place floods and like all the little alien piranhas, I guess, are eating him, he like disappears in the water. And it's just blood. I'm like, oh, he's dead. And I'm like, oh, he's not dead. I (laughs) also thought he died there. And then something else happens. I'm like, okay, no, King Shark. There's like five times throughout this entire movie in like the last act where I'm like, King Shark is dead five times and he's not. But Rick Flag? No, Rick Flag is gone. That is a dagger in his heart. He is dead. And he gives off that line, Peacemaker. What a joke. And I just feel like, man, that is going to fuck with him or be such a pivotal part of the show. And I'm really excited about it. It was just, it was just, it was just a fight. I just really liked that fight scene. I really liked that. I'm really excited for Peacemaker as a whole. Yeah, it's like that's sort. That's not
0: why I'm keeping my HBO Max subscription, but it isn't not why. Like Harley Quinn season three is gonna rule, um, especially if DC doesn't get in their way too much. But like, I am so excited to see what they do with Peacemaker. Um, and who comes back and who does stuff. But, like, that whole last scene where you think King Shark's uh, is dying over and over again. That was the most Smash Brothers level transition shit I've ever seen in a movie. Because that building keeps breaking and d- 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 moving around. And it was, like, really, I really loved how, like, oh, now we're outside and everything is interconnected. It was, like, a one giant set. And, like, everything yeah. involving um, Starro's little mini Staros, um, which, yeah, that would really fuck with Drake words because he would not have anything to protect himself from those things. But, like, it's really at a point with uh, – I really loved everything they were doing with the staging of that whole thing. But, yeah, I couldn't tell what the hell those little things that jumped onto King Shark were that were, like, leeching blood off them. But those were cool yeah. as hell.
2: Yeah. To- to your point point, Henry, I, I loved that the uh, the final the big final fight against Sorrow, I love that it was so bright and clear. It was in broad daylight. There wasn't it wasn't overly murky like a Justice League or, or even some parts of Guardians that are very CGI heavy. It was just this awesome outdoor fight. All the action was clear and everyone got a great moment, you know, as we talked about. Like uh, it, it was it was very, you know, thematically it was awesome because that's when Bloodsport who said I'm not a leader, that's when he became the leader. He's like, "Hey, uh, <laughs> Hey Nanawe, uh starro is, is num num or whatever, so he would go eat him and oh <laughs> Polka Dot Man, that's your mother. Like he actually made everything happen, uh, and it was so awesome and I loved yeah, they, they made good on all the setup they did because uh Harley realized, oh, here's why I have the, the javelin and she has that amazing moment where she dives into the eye and uh rat catcher finishes it off with the with the rats and it's just just an awesome fight start to finish.
1: And also to go back up like the murkiness and the color starro was really bright and he was really beautiful like the pink and blue and everything it was just like a really vibrant villain that i feel like even like in guardians where villains are like purple and like people are blue it's still really dim like this dude was bright and just like cool looking like it was really tight to see a villain like that on the screen and it was really tight to see like the you know the little mini starro was taking control of people and all that stuff it was a really cool thing
0: when they talked through humans I was, like, yeah. I didn't feel weird about... I, I bought into that whole... Everything about the design of that character and how everybody moved and their bodies got rigid. And, like... But to go back a little bit, R.I.P. Milton. I've never met Milton in real life. But uh, <laughs> uh, yep. Milton is a real one. Um, but, like, I gotta say, Harley really needs to, like, get some, like... I don't know. I don't want to say meds. But, like, she knows that his... She knew that he... Uh, 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 Bloodsport isn't named Milton. But she, fuck, like, they have a whole conversation where she sees Milton dead on the floor. And then, late, like, 20 minutes later, she goes, Your name's Milton, right? Like, Harley Quinn is more damaged than we even realize, I think. Like, it's it's mm. gotten to a point where. <laughs> I don't know. It's very. I just love it. Yeah. But uh, the army and everybody in this movie tries to shoot Nanawe to. To smithereens, but bullets don't put it. You, they put a little dent, a little scratches in Ninawe, but guns can't do shit to him. He is like really like almost un—I want to say unbeatable because then they're gonna kill him off in the second one. And I'm gonna be sad, but mm-hmm. like, I I just thought like when the army rolls in and they're like, okay, let's kill him. It's like, nah, you're not gonna. He's yeah. just gonna bite your fucking head off. And that What's shot,
1: awesome, yeah. Like, it's yeah. super tight. The yeah. eyes rolling and all that stuff, awesome. It's, like, maybe it's such a cool scene. And every time to he tries to, to really. eat somebody. Oh, uh, yeah, just to go back to Milton. Yeah. <laughs> I was the whole time, I'm sitting there like, why is this guy here? <laughs> I, every scene, I'm like, oh, this guy's still here, huh? This guy's really still here. Oh, this guy. <laughs> It was, then, it was really, and it was really, it was funnier
2: actually for me the second time through. Just noticing that Milton hit yeah. them towards the end. Just he's there just... the
1: entire time, and it's so funny. And then I think, I think Bloodshot's like, "What was Milton gonna do?" And I'm like, "Exactly, what was he gonna do?" It, it had me in tears. I was just like, "Yeah, thank you, thank you," because he was really there with a bunch of pretty much superheroes just with a pistol and and fighting his life out.
0: Man, R.I.P. Milton.
1: Yeah, R.I.P. Milton. (laughs) Uh, Talk about having uh, a death
0: wish. Weird. It's just like,
1: yeah, but we, yeah, we.
2: After that incredible fight, you know, we we had had the happy ending. Um, Bloodsport basically forces Waller to release him because he's got the leverage. we they get out of corto maltese we see
0: uh I'm sorry uh, I had blokes. to go back a little bit here when harley quinn jumps through Starro's eye with the freaking spear and then all the fi- all the fi- all the rats run in and eat the Incredible. eye from the inside i felt so anxious and like that was so like my eyes were almost hurting in sympathy like it just there's nothing ickier to me than that moment i haven't seen anything I in a movie it. that made I... me more physically disturbed than watching yes. like
2: and yeah, then, like, yeah, no, it was a blast to watch. And then you combine that, yeah, with the with the rats. Just the the way, like... Oh, the way the rats just completely engulfed sorrow. Um, so, yeah if, yeah, if you have a rat phobia, probably not the a, a movie for you.
1: I feel like usually with a character where they do this really, like, these beautiful cinematic slow scenes, like, if it was, like, Batman or something, it'd be, like, bats and thunder or something like that. Like, Poison Eye would have plants. But it was, it was something about... Harley's real beautiful cinematic scene being a bunch of rats and blood and other things I was just like yeah I that's pretty that's that's pretty accurate well, that's that's pretty yeah just, just character accurate spot on here um, but also speaking of character
0: accurate Harley um, was the voice of the internet when she, the um, people of um, the, the the city asked how many meta humans are with you how many people are with you and she just goes. 69. And the guy so flips good. his shit out. <laughs>
1: how do you, you 69 people in? And the guy's like, sir, listen.
2: Sir, yes. listen. Incredible. And Harley then she, is all of us.
0: Yeah, and then she kills him with death by thighs. She snaps his neck with her own thighs. It's just like, okay, she tried to warn you, dude, but no. Yeah. Um, it's all,
2: yeah, thematic consistency.
0: And also when they're exiting the bus to get to the Jotunheim building and it's raining outside... The line from Harley, I was dead off of. I love the rain. It's like angels are splooging all over us.
2: Incredible.
1: I had subtitles on for that. I had had subtitles on for that at home.
0: I was like...
1: Yeah, I didn't Uh, hear that in theaters, but... So good. That scene, when they're coming out in the rain, too, there's a lot of beautiful cinematic scenes. There's a lot of cool superhero shots. Mm -hmm. They're just like... And that was one of them. Especially, it's really funny because the thinker's with them. Yep. (laughs) So it's just like... He he got in on the action too. I thought that was tight.
2: Yeah, uh, King Shark ripping that dude in half as the lightning. Yeah, yep. So it was. Cool.
1: It was super gratuitous and super like unnecessary, but it was so awesome. It was so fucking tight. Um, wh- speaking of gratuitous, unnecessary,
0: and tight, um, do they explain why the blood turned into flowers when Margot Robbie was killing everybody?
1: That's just her mental. Okay, her mind, that was her bro. visualizer for
0: yeah. the moment. Okay. Yeah. Um. Because yeah, that was just something. It was it really just, cool. It just, it just I was like right
2: for that moment. I think James Gunn was just like, "This is gonna look really cool and beautiful, and let's let it happen." He was
1: right. Uh, more power to him. Um. Yeah. He. I think he really plays really well with superhero like comic books because, like, with the title sequences and stuff like that, that's stuff that you'd see in a comic book. Really, like artistic choices that aren't just like I'm the whole time I'm watching this. I'm like, this isn't really. Just a movie, like there's really weird artistic choices in here, really weird visual choices, and really weird, like cool things that make this a comic book movie. There, like, just see, like, that King Shark ripping something out. I can see that on a two page spread in the middle of like a just a comic book, just because it's a cool visual.
0: I feel like they're gonna make a new and they re released some old issues of the Suicide Squad for the movie, but I feel like they're gonna make a visual uh, trade paper back out of the movie just for the sake of being able to sell it because it will do well. Um, we get we a bunch of emotional moments next with Bloodsport's daughter crying a little bit to herself, uh, cheering on her dad on screen. It was really nice. Um, and then Bloodsport finally pets little uh, Sebastian, has his little moment with accepting him, kind sweet. of. Um, Nanawe yeah. is still hungry. Um, yeah, of course. No, no, no issue there. And then we get our post-credit scene. Um, where do you think Weasel is going from here? Because Weasel is still actually alive on this.
1: I don't know, but man, I hope it's something. I just... Because I, I want to see this character. It's so weird. It's such a cool use of CGI. It's just something... Suicide Squad 3, maybe. I don't know. I hope yep. so. I just... Yeah, shout out
2: uh, shout out to Sean Gunn, James Gunn's brother, who did the uh, motion capture and, I believe, the, the voice, if you want to call it a voice, for, for Weasel.
1: It was... He it's really funny that that's his role It's just a really weird cgi character in his brother's movies and anything mm-hmm. like just like the <laughs> the weird voices and the, the weird and like the things that no other human being should do you shouldn't be able to move like that and walk like that but
0: hey. yeah it's like clint howard ron howard's brother like it's that yeah. sort of casting move and it's pretty clever yeah. in that um and then of course peacemaker is still alive in a hospital and and they're going to need him to save the fucking world, it sounds like. Um, Steve Agee. And who is the other person? Uh, Jennifer Holland, James Gunn's
2: real-life wife. Uh, so, I so yeah. know James Gunn likes to put the people around him in his films. Why not? You have them there to cast him. Of course. Um, of course. And but, the- yeah, I was really excited. I mean, we. I think we all knew. We all – I don't think – I actually wasn't sure what to think, but – Seeing Peacemaker die, you know, seeing Peacemaker get shot by Bloodsport, I actually didn't know if that meant that the Peacemaker show was going to be a prequel or if he was going to come back somehow. But I'm very happy that it's the latter and that they're going to kind of push things forward. He survived the attack. Now, you know, they need him to carry out whatever mission. So very, very excited for that, especially with the uh, that they're bringing back a lot of those, those a lot of Amanda Waller's folks for it.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think we kind of talked over it, or we skipped over it, the scene where Amanda Waller is going to kill the team for going into uh, Corto Matiz and going to fight Sara. First off, st- stupid decision on her part. Like, mm-hmm. I like it's not like they were leaving the mission. They were just going to go try to kill, like, you got what you needed. If them taking out this starfish is honestly, bad, like, what did you think the starfish was not going to take over the entire world? I was just like, you should just let them rock, but it was kind of satisfying just to see that entire team just, just that lady just, boom, take her head off. Well, not take her head off, knock her out. Yeah. Then the rest of the team just kind of like, hey, guys, go this way, deal with this. It was like really satisfying to see like she, they're good people. She's just a real mean boss. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's not. I've never been in that situation before, but um, the thing is, I really <laughs> loved that team. Because like early yeah. on in the movie, like you, they're the, almost a surrogate for the audience. They're betting on who's gonna live and who's yeah. gonna die, yeah. and there's and they're really and when, once they knock Amanda Waller out because she's trying to put push the little glowing button, um, like one of them just takes command and goes, "God damn it, Brian, you asshole, go in the get on the video or whatever." Like they're it just all they're, they all know the streets people to go mm-hmm. down. It was it's nice to see like that whole thing that team working and because I just you're right there's to know that it's not everybody in this organization is just scum because that was the weird thing from the 20 minutes I saw of the original Suicide Squad Ike Barinholtz is a real sketchy guy in that movie he's like mm. tempted to like do terrible things to Margot Roby in jail and like he's being mean to Will Smith and it's like th- this this team was a little bit more like okay you're gonna have some relatable people in here maybe they're still doing weird stuff for a living but um also to jump back again Margot roby after killing that dude says an r.i.p to that absolutely beautiful monster between your legs it's just
2: it's just incredible yeah she she was incredible i could i could have used even more harley but i think we'll Yeah, i'm glad she got uh, i'm glad she got a good chunk of screen time and there will be more you know there will be more harley quinn whether it's Birds of Prey 2, Suicide Squad 2, whatever they want to do.
0: It was um, just really funny, though, because that guy comes out to meet her. He walks out of his little private bathtub area, and he's wearing the most tight and small pair of like swimsuit. It's like, Harley, you're either... Something's wrong here, because what dictator is walking out of a private bath actually wearing a bathing suit? Like that's, But that's I don't know. a question for a different day. Um, the But the one line I can't get over in this movie it's when they're having the Peacemaker um, uh, peacemaker and Bloodsport argument, and Bloodsport ha- Peacemaker has the exploding bullets or whatever, mm-hmm. and Bloodsport goes, no one likes to show off. And Peacemaker goes, yeah, they do, except when it was... No, no, except if what they're showing off is dope as fuck. And B- no, Bloodsport no, no, no. goes,
1: Bloodsport <laughs> goes, fuck, that's true! <laughs> Correction. John Cena says... Except when the stuff is dope as fuck. Like he is so <laughs> like... The delivery. Man, it's so fucking John Cena. It made me. I yes. was like, dude.
2: I love... That's why... One thing I kept thinking this movie, it almost feels like a culmination of some of his best roles. Because like, I want, yes, he's part of It's like he's an action hero. He's a little bit of a villain. But then you also get some of the in, unhinged comedy that he, he got to do a little bit of in Blockers. Yeah. And he's just cranking that up, like this, the lack of filter, the ability to just be as vulgar as he wants. And yeah, that was one. I I, I wrote down today, just taking notes, like so many quotable lines and the, the dopest fuck one was so damn good.
1: <laughs> And it I just, was also kind of sad that Amanda Waller didn't bet on them as well. That's what yeah. I was kind of waiting for the whole time. I was expecting her to yell at them and be like, all right, put 20 on Pete Davidson.
0: Like, I, just, <laughs> I
1: really wanted that really badly. Yes. But I liked her playing golf, I guess, just to show she's just like, as long as the Michigan's done, she doesn't care. Yep. No, nah, that, that was a funny thing of
0: like her just being worried about golfing with a Senator or something. It's like, okay, they're definitely making sure we see her as like this high level, like whatever power, um, broker, uh, yeah. Shout-out to Falconware Soldier. Um, But the costuming, again, I have to go back to this. That polo shirt with blue shorts where, for some reason, Cena's nipples just looked really big in this shirt. Mm-hmm. I'm watching this going, man, he, he must have felt like he doesn't have to wear the same... Like, in WWE, it's like, okay, jean shorts and a colorful shirt. He's getting the variety of costuming that he's always wanted, it seems like.
1: It's- just great, shirts, yeah, shirts and, and jeans is all, or in shorts, is all he needs. Yeah, and a toilet bowl
2: and a toilet bowl helmet. <laughs> That's well, what I want the explainer apart. for. It. It's a beacon of freedom, but we'll call it a toilet seat. But uh, yeah, I don't know. What did we, what did we think overall? How would we rate this film on the on the on our oh yeah. knuckle so, shuffle scale?
0: Chris, we on this show came up with the idea that if we're gonna try to compare these movies, we want to have a scale, and the scale is out of five knuckle shuffles as the mm. Set source material gives it to us. Um, currently, uh, just to give you some perspective here, uh, the top ranking uh, John Cena movie is Blockers with 4.5 Knuckles out of 5. Then you have Bumblebee and F9 tied with 4. Um, Ferdinand with 3.5. Uh, playing with Fire at 3. Scooby-Doo WrestleMania also at 3. Um, we'll still accept a interview or a statement from Mr. Um, Bivens if he wants to talk about Scooby-Doo WrestleMania mystery. We know he's an expert. Um, 12 rounds, 3, Marine 2.5, and so on. But where would you say this movie, if you had to say, because of what you know about Mr. Cena's career? where How would you rank this movie? I'd rank this
1: as a 4.8 at five but i want to rank it above blockers uh i i i I, if it's just john himself i think john's a fucking five i thought everything that he did was fantastic he is himself is a a visual gag himself uh his comedy is next level his acting is, is getting better he played a lot of different roles and it made me excited for peacemaker uh a ton i think this movie was super tight i think it's probably the best dceu movie that i've seen honestly um it's just really fun and really enjoyable and i want more and but there's just like there's some weird stuff and maybe i don't know if it was me being under the influence But like i felt like getting into getting into some of the stuff I'm like this is really put together but as long as they got there at the end it don't really matter to me but it's like this is weird what is this dictator doing here why is all this happening uh, i wish i got more thinker i'm sure there's like a if if, if zach snyder got his little fucking five hour version i'm sure there's a four-hour version with cool-ass thinker gun scenes cut. maybe yeah I, I want the gun cut I, if this, that's what we're doing here uh i want some more backstory for some of these guys and some of these characters but I, I really liked it i thought it was super fucking fun that's the thing i don't think
0: this is a perfect movie i think it does feel a little disjointed like there are three different movies to talk about here but yeah i do think it's better than blockers especially because blockers had sort of seen know going against character in ways but this like every time the camera cut back to the um Suicide Squad, even when Cena wasn't talking when he's in the tidy whiteys, every shot was funny. Even if he's yeah. not doing anything, just saying that you're right, he is a visual
1: gag. He is a sight gag. And like I'm like nothing is funny about somebody throwing blow darts, but somebody that's six foot three and fucking two hundred fifty pounds with the tightest just doing it, it was I was dying. It's funny. He's a visual gag.
0: Stabbing that body needlessly while walking by it.
2: <laughs> so casually, like it was just like it was a steak. He was just like chopping it up. Uh, but yeah, just just to, I mean, I'm I'm with you guys all the way. I, I think this this is at least a 4.5 out of five. Um, I definitely if we if we were just gonna do a straight worst to best ranking, I think this is this would be number one on the list. And yeah, I think it's one of the best DCEU movies, if not the best. I know the bar is pretty low, and yeah, I, I would say this is easily my favorite John Cena performance. I mean, he wasn't the main star of this movie, but as part of an ensemble that also was sort of an antagonist by the end. Man, he was just, he fired on all cylinders. Like I said, I feel like it's its the best of what he's given us. We got John Cena's comedy, we got some great action out of him, and we got a really menacing villain turn towards the end. It was, uh, like Chris said, like, I am so excited for Peacemaker. I'm so happy he has his own HBO Max DC Comics yeah. show. Like, what a crazy thing to say in 2021. Uh, yeah, I think this is, yeah, at least 4.5, easily number one on the list.
0: Yeah, I think, like, 4.75 at this point is what I would say, because we've not yeah. done the quarter, but, like, it, which rounds up to 4.8, as Chris said. Um, <laughs> I think this is definitely, this is a really good movie. Like, it's, like, I just, all those transitions, I just gotta say it again. We, we've, we've been saying we like them a lot, but the when it goes Operation Jotunheim to Operation Harley... And the smoke re-transmogrifies or whatever, like stuff like that is just really fun and really clever. But like, I do think it would have been a little bit better if they did incorporate more of the movies because that was the one thing I did like about the opening of the original Suicide Squad that I saw. Batman showed up for a little bit, the Flash showed mm-hmm. up for a little bit. Those felt more in the universe. But um, yeah, no, I, but I can't say anything negative really when we're talking on a movie where John Cena did every single weird-ass shit he did in this movie, because I'm not going to look a gift horse in the mouth. Like, no. this yes. is um, Also, Nanawe, um, everything. Merchandise, yes. Nanawe, out the... Yes, yeah, give
1: I, me that, give me that a, HBO Max series. I hope they make a Peacemaker hot toy action figure, like the $300 real high-definition statue. I want those. I just want mm-hmm. a big, big-match John statue. Are you Same. thinking like a statue, statue, or with clothing?
0: Because if you have clothing, then you can clothing, remove it down to Tidy Whitey's.
1: the hot, toys. You got like they got like <laughs> all the clothing figures you can take off. The different hats and helmets. I need the hot toys. I want. I might buy two. One with him with the whole outfit on, and one with just Tidy Whitey's. Honestly, have them just staring
0: at each other, locking eyes, as they said in Blockers. But um, yeah. anyway. Chris, thank you for coming on the show today. Um, hey, lovely yeah, to no, have no, you. Thanks for having me. Um, where should people go? Should you want people to interact with you on the internet? Or where should what website should they visit? Um, where should they go to ask for Ready Rumble 2? Which, judging by your
1: uh, shirt, uh, you want that movie as much as the rest of us? Hey, uh, David Arquette, I got Ready Rumble 2 scripted out in my mind. It all involves you. Uh, maybe you can get Oliver Platt on board. It's fun. I would play the role of you and ready to rumble one and you'd be Jimmy the King, obviously dot Twitter.com slash not Chris twitch.tv slash King Christian and Instagram.com slash King Christian and tie driver, nine X.com or whatever. If you want more wrestling stuff,
0: it's very good stuff. Um, Chris is going to give the expression that he's going to give, but I'm going to give the full endorsement again. Um, Mike, what are you up to these days? Oh gosh,
2: what am I up to? Um, more of the same stuff, you know, follow me on on Twitter at Mike I I post my work and my streams and I make dumb jokes there. I'm occasionally on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Mike Strikes Back. Uh, it's been a little while, but I'll be back there. Um, if you want to hear some music I've made, MikeAndronico.bandcamp.com, And, and uh, yeah, follow me on Instagram uh, at MikeStrikesBack underscore, because the regular Mike Strikes Back was taken. Um,
0: does, does Marie have her own social medias or are you not that kind of pet owner?
2: I don't have that kind of energy. No, just follow me on Instagram. That's basically her Instagram. If you want to see lots of cute French Bulldog pictures, that's that's the destination for it.
0: Well, this was a great time, and we will see you all next time on Cenophiles Catch you on the internet.